0: I mean it is it is always amazing uh, the the stuff they are finding and um, man I'm I so excited um, they, they recently found a Bula do you know what a Bula is a Bula is a little it's a seal um, most people know them as like the signet rings that they stamp they use the wax and they stamp it in there Uh, they they just found another one of those uh, which is which is huge because of the name that it's on it Um, it it dates back you know 2,500 years ago which is awesome Uh, and his name is literally in the Bible which is even better uh, because they do find stuff that we we don't have connections to um, but I love it when they find those connections and put them all together and then these these stories become tangible things, and you can hold in your hands. You can see it. You can smell it. You can you can put your eyes to it, and that, that just helps faith grow. Um, I mean, the first time I went to Israel, my my faith just just jumped. I mean, it literally jumped, and and because I could, I could put scripture to life. I can put scripture. Now to a tangible thing that I can touch, and and I know that uh, this road is where Jesus walked. My Savior, come down this road. And <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no price on that to me. There's nothing there. Um, uh, and there's a there's a, a cobblestone road or a stone road that goes down the hill. Um, that they 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 know that Jesus walked down. They know it. I mean, they 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 just know it. And I, and I got to go down that and it was a, it was amazing to me uh, to have that experience and and I've been twice and um, and it is it's just a, uh, a beautiful thing to, to have that And so tonight we will be talking about Gethsemane. Most people know it is the Garden of Gethsemane um, It was not so much a garden as it is today um, it was just, Gethsemane. It was the, it was the place um, Sorry, I'm pulling up scripture right now. Uh, it was the place of uh, olives. I mean, it's, it's on the, the Mount of Olives. As you can see right there in the picture um, you actually see the olive groves. Um, this is the Kidron Valley that, that runs uh, north and south. It separates um, the Temple Mount or uh, modern city walls of Jerusalem then, and so um, olives was a, a big thing of life. Um, it, it had a lot, a lot to do. Olives were um, very essential in that day and time. So it was it was good to have olives, and man, I. I'm gonna apologize because tonight's gonna to be it's gonna be difficult for me. I, I have been studying this for the last few four or five days and the last two days I have been I've had a hard time literally physically opening the Bible because of God it's just the presence of God it's just it just keeps hammering me. I mean I, I just I don't even know what to say. Um, but when I come across this this video um, Where well, I got an email and then I started doing some research and then I was just I was blown away I mean, I absolutely was was taken back and I cannot wait So what is what is Gethsemane? Uh, well a little bit about Gethsemane. It literally Is is on the Mount of Olives. So what is the Mount of Olives? It literally is a, a hill of olive trees um, very important uh, olives were I mean, main, I mean, it was massive source of money. Um, the different presses, they, they were sold at different prices. You had them for different things. They used olive oil every day of their life, every day. Um, you have now, well, I'll cover that later because that's, um, and, and now the the Garden of Gethsemane, what they have fenced off where the, the church is, um, one thing about Jerusalem or Israel if you ever go if it's a main site there's a church on it they put a church on everything oh there's a rock that Jesus may have touch church on it I mean it is there's a church on every site there it kind of bothered me it really did uh, uh, it is like you know this church of here that's in Gethsemane um, it's like the church of all nations I think it's what it's called and um, and it's a beautiful place I mean very beautiful uh, but it, it, there's a church on every everything in, 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 in Israel man it's like yeah it was aggravating to me but I, I could understand why they do it uh, that for one for preservation and stuff like that but it's um, some of the oldest olive trees we have in Israel is in the garden of gethsemane they believe one to be right at two thousand years old i mean jesus could have literally picked olives off this thing um which is amazing uh some of the tr- the olive trees are uh, main shoots are i mean they're huge i mean they're four or five feet around they're massive and so when the olive tree grows it fully dies and it actually grows again from the basically the inside out it's where we get the shoot of jesse this it's just new stuff that grows off of that so the Garden of Gethsemane uh, so Gethsemane um, literally translates into Hebrew as the oil press Um, like I said is east of the Kidron Kidron Valley Um, and it is in in the day of Jesus there was of course there was no churches Um, they they did find what we know now as an oil press site that was there and it is amazing to see and to understand the possibilities of what happened in the garden of gethsemane and to understand this and the relation of the garden or or gethsemane itself and the mount of olives and where Uh, The temple was and having these relations between the two is is major I mean we have major parallels there that are I mean to me they're they're it's just mind-blowing and um, so that's what Gethsemane literally means it just means oil press I mean that's that's what it was for it was for oil Um, and so it is man I'm excited Let's 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 shoot this video, brother. Cause, man, I'm I'm ready to roll. <laughs> Somebody may have to drive me home tonight, cause I'm I'm messed up. So this video is literally seven days old. Sure.
1: like to come kind of to display the intelligence every day. We <laughs> hope to preserve the element and we are excited to be able here in the to find uh, uh, something which we want at the time of Jesus. I must say that the way this ancient microwave was exposed and the meaning is truly important and exciting.
0: Yeah, so that's this this is fresh as you can get it. I mean that that is that is literally um, yeah we fixed and play another one. <laughs> uh, and so this this has happened within the last uh, month and so it is it is brand new. Um, the, but this Mi'kvah in the location that it's in is massive, massive in its importance. Um, why is it important uh, we are going to get there so let's go to Matthew 26 and 17 okay Twenty-six, seventeen. Hmm? 26, 17 26 And see the, the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, I keep calling it a garden because that's just how it's known today. Uh, is only mentioned twice in the Gospels, and that's in uh, Matthew and Mark. Um, more than likely, it was it was privately owned, um, or it was owned by uh, possibly the temple. Uh, why was it owned by the temple? Because why would there be a mikvah there? Why would there be a mikvah there if it was not ceremonially you had to you had to be ceremonial cleansed to be to move um, holy oil into the temple? And so for that to happen really opens my eyes to the priest coming across the Kidron valley entering the mikvah being ceremonially cleansed grabbing the anointing oil and going back to the temple um this oil was probably used in the menorah to light the temple it was the more than likely uh the only other one that i know of is is north um, and and i don't see that happening um just as the location of its end this is probably why uh, the mount of olive was where it was is because of in the location of the temple Um, that's why the 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 temple was was placed um, near the near the springs Um, the uh, gihon spring itself um, and so they they did they, they everything everything in that day was surrounded by the temple even the even the synagogues and all the other towns they were centralized by the by the the, the synagogue i mean it's kind of like there the, the, 100 years ago everything was uh, centered around the middle of the town where well, the middle of the town was the synagogue uh, they they were religious they, they loved God in such a way and they, their, their whole town was wrapped around it I mean it would be like all of us having houses around this building and, and this was our center this is where we did everything and and, and I think that's a very a very good representation of, of how the house should work today it should be the center function of, of, of what goes on it keeps us holy and together and united and like pastor dj was preaching sunday there's there's power in that unity and family and and there is uh, there's nothing nothing like it and so let's get into matthew it says on the first day of the unleavened bread the disciples came to jesus saying where will you have us prepare the the passover he said go into the city and you'll see a certain man and say to him the teacher says, "My time is at hand, and I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples." And the disciples did as Jesus directed them, and they prepared the Passover. All right, when is the Passover? This is important. When is the Passover? Yes, ma'am. Easterish. Easterish. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it would have been in the our, our time frame, March-April time frame, um, uh, the month of Nisan. So that's that's their uh, Passover time uh, it was based off the lunar cycle and and that's how they predicted the day of when it would happen is because of the moon it was like, like a certain day um, uh, when well, that's I don't want to go down that road <laughs> sorry uh, when it was evening again when it was evening why in the evening because the Jewish day don't start until the sun goes down. So the Passover started when the sun went down. So when it was evening, he reclined with the twelve, and they were eating. Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful, even, and, and began to say to one another, It is that I, Lord, answered them, Who is the one that dipped the, um, his hand in the dish with me will betray me? The Son of Man... Um, Goes and it is written of him, but woe to the man who is, to whom the son of man is betrayed. It would be better if he was never been born. Judas, who who would betray him, answer, "Is it I, Rabbi?" He said to him, "You have said so." So even Judas paused, and even he said, "Is it me?" We know that other scripture says, and then the the devil entered him, or Satan entered him into him, and 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 it, there's there's certain things I can't. It kind of leaves it open into an interpretation of what truly happened. I mean, as I read this in Matthew, um, you know, he says it at eye, but you know, um, but yeah. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and after he he blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples. He said, "Hey, take my body." And so we know we give this as a Passover, as what we get today. And so we jump down to 30, and it says, When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Um, and so in Luke 22, uh, 39, and it says, And when he went away and proceeded according to his custom. All right, so there we get, if you parallel these Gospels and you put them in, um, uh, side by side. You can see the, um, the harmony in it. You can see where one writer says one thing and another says another no thing and another says other thing, but it's it flows together. It's not missing. They don't they don't contradict, but they uh, complement each other is what I'm trying to say. They complement one another. And so it's not that we're missing something. But it's just like if I told my story and then Chris tells his story, they may be something a little different because I, I speak different than Chris is, you know. So, so we have different ways of saying things. And it says his disciples followed them. And so, this is when they sang a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, "You will all fall away of me because of me this night." That's tough, man. Um, and so for it is written. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will scatter. But after I am raised up, I will go before you into Galilee. Where does where does Jesus meet him? Galilee. That's where he spends 40 days with him in Galilee. Peter answered him. There we go, Peter again. I love Peter. Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, truly I tell you this very night before the rooster crows you will deny me three times because we know what Peter says so they're in the garden and Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane all right why was he able to go to Gethsemane he was able to go there because it was springtime if it was the fall it would have been so busy they would not have been welcome okay that's when they would have been crushing olives and plant picking and, and starting to, to get everything together. They wouldn't have been welcome. They wouldn't have had room there. We know that this place was a, a common place for Jesus. He goes to the mountain, and he and he spends time with his father. And he says, um, and then Jesus went to, yeah, they all went to Gethsemane, and he, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go. There and pray, and he and he and talking with Peter and the sons of Je- Zebedee, James and John, he went to be sorrowful, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. When he said to them, "My soul is very sorrowful, even to death." Remain here and watch with me. All right, or it says to keep awake. That watch and keep awake is, is kind of the same word as be alert. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed. My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. And nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, there's Peter again. So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot pass from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them asleep for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let us go. See my betrayer at hand. And then Jesus gets arrested. Man, this is it's tough. So he's in the garden. He's in the very garden. And he understands that the crushing that's about to take place See, olive is no good unless it's been crushed. And you don't crush the olive once. You don't crush it twice. You crush it three times. How many times do the disciples fall asleep? Three times. I can see Jesus saying and going to the Father and asking him, Can this crushing pass by and he says no then he goes back to the disciples he says hey it's, it's time to pray now but they still go to sleep I can see him saying can you stay awake with me I'm about to die and we go back to sleep, and he comes back again. Can you pray? I'm about to die, and they go back to sleep, and he comes at a third time. And see this this meaning. It was not the physical thing that was going on, but such a weight of the world that was on Jesus that in one scripture it says, you know, my soul is sorrowful even to death. He felt the death. He felt the crushing in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the place of Olives, the, the Mount of Olives, Gethsemane. He knew where to go. He knew what was going to happen. He literally could turn to the west and see the temple. He could see almost all of Jerusalem, and he wept over it. He knew what was going to happen. He wanted his disciples to stay with him, and they didn't. They did not stick it out. God, let us never be that way. See, the olive represented many things. A man could not be a king without the olive oil, without the anointing. The king was anointed by the olive oil right out of the Mount of Olives. The place he was in declared that he was king. He was the anointed one. He was the Messiah. Out of Psalms, what is it? Eighty-nine, twenty. Let me see if I can pull that up real fast. Whew, Jesus. Yeah, it says, "I have found David, my servant." With my holy oil I have anointed him so that my hand shall be established with him and my arm also shall strengthen him. Jesus knew where he needed to be. Jesus knew that the olives, the place of the crushing, was the place to be. And to find this mikvah there was just, man, it, it solidified it for me. Knowing that this was a place that, that the priest came, the anointed priest from the same oil that they anointed these priests with, Jesus went there. He he set himself there for a reason. Man, this, this broke me couple of days ago. Because Gethsemane is all about crushing. That's all it's about. You can have all the olive trees and olives that you want to, but unless you crush it, it's no good. It's no good. You see, Jesus knew he was the light of the world. The main purpose of holy oil is, is anointing and to keep the menorah lit in the temple. Jesus says, hey, this is me. After I'm crushed, it's, it's it's I'm the guy. Jesus, that's why he told him. He said, I am the light of the world. And you'll understand that one day. You'll understand it after the garden. You'll understand that... In the crushing, that I become the source of the light, and that's to put these two things together and to see the the unity in this, and and I know we have it throughout the Bible, and many many times we see these parallels and and uh, the symbolisms of of the Christophanies, and and we we see it through Melchizedek and. And um, but but this one really it really got me. You know I've I've seen olives being pressed in Israel and and it's a it's a neat thing. But it's it's not something that that they would do slowly. They would have this. I wish I had pulled a, a picture of it. Um, it's like a big um, stone table. It's got a little lip to it to hold them in there. And then they take a massive round stone and they put a, a pole through it. And they get a, a ox or something and, and, and they would go around and around and it would just slowly crush these olives. And they would slowly crush it. And that wasn't to get the olive oil out yet. That was just preparing it. That was preparing it to, to get ready to be crushed. And so they would take that, that first crush, and then they would put it in these tire-shaped baskets. And they would stack them up. And they would stack them up together. And they'd have a, a massive beam, almost like a telephone pole that stretched out over it, and it would go a good distance, and they would have a press on the side of the pendulum. And so this weight being applied on one end would just start to crush it. And they would hang weights. And so these weights determine how many hours it would sit there and the oil would start to, to flow out. And then they would hang their second weight and that was their second press. They would hang their third and that was the third press and so that only the first press could go into the temple the second press was able to be sold and and for daily consumption and the third press was used for uh, animal food and and, uh, lamps and stuff like that that you had in your home excuse me and so you you had this crushing then you had this pressing and you you got a final product that absolutely fulfilled all three purposes of daily life. All three were filled right there out of the same olives. And see, that God is just telling me that he's still, he's Ekwe. He, he is, I am. He is everything that I need. I need nothing else. He said, I'm the first, second, and third press all day long. I am the Holy One. I am your daily need, and I am anything else that you need left over. He is that guy. And in the garden, Jesus knew that. He knew that. He couldn't have been anywhere else. He couldn't have been. Um, He literally could turn and see His future, the gate directly to his west, was the gate that he will enter in again. He sees that. He knows it. But he also knows what he's got to endure. He knows what he's got to endure. And he's trying to tell the disciples the same thing, but they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen. Oh, man, Jesus, help us to listen help us to understand that you are the light of the world God and by pressing only produces a brighter light man Jesus Jesus and so God is God is there man he is 100% in the garden seeing what he sees and that's, I mean and I can't let me get back to some scripture I want to get him in back into John I love John John is a very personal writer um, where was that? Oh, I want to go into Luke my apologies Salute. Luke 22 and 39. If y'all want to go there, you can. Bless you. Oh, man, when I sneeze, my family knows, hey, it's a minimum of three, and I may hit 3,000. <laughs> and so I've literally sneezed and had to go to the hospital because I threw my neck out. <laughs> I know, it's bad. I'm a violent sneezer. My sneezes are like the UFC. They fight each other. Like, rah, rah, rah. All right. Let's see where we're at 39. So he came out. They came out. They left the house and went over the Kidron Valley. Um, and he tells them, hey, pray that you may not enter into temptation. What is the temptation that he's talking about? Talk about going to sleep when it's time to pray I've been guilty of going to sleep in prayer time more than once Um, especially when I was in Bible school um, I would get there at 4.30 in the morning and I would pray for hours and hours and sometimes I would catch myself dozing off it wasn't because of the Holy Ghost it was just because I was human I was tired and he said he withdrew from them with a throw a stone's throw away. So think about throwing a, a rock, and that's about how far he was away. Not out of sight. But just out of earshot. So he wanted to separate his self to go and spend with his father. But he didn't want to leave the disciples at the same time. Because they knew he knew that they were weak. He says, Father, if you are willing. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. And see, this one in in Luke says, And there appeared before him an angel from heaven to strengthen him. I can't imagine what Jesus is going through right now. I mean, the sin of the world is literally on his shoulders. And And he began in agony. He prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he arose from prayer he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. So there's a possibility that they could have been sad because they just he just told them what was about to happen. He just sent Judas off. There's a possibility that they knew that it was the hour was near. He just told them, hey, Y'all are fixing to betray me. They could have been cried. I know weeping sometimes just exhausts you physically. I mean, losing losing loved ones. I know I've cried before, and I go home and sleep just out of exhaustion. And he come back and found them asleep. Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you do not enter into temptation. He's getting them ready for what's going to happen. He knows somebody's coming and they're not gonna like it. And so here comes Judas and he betrays him with a kiss. And this is all happening in the garden. And he tells him how you how you how do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And that's not a greeting that you want. That's actually contrary to what the law teaches. This one, this one says that we, you know, he cuts the man ear off, and he don't give, don't give the name of the guy. I could, I could totally see Peter doing this, because Peter was the, the, wild one. He was the, he was the leader. He's like, oh, you ain't taking him. You just, we just heard Peter say, hey, I don't care what they do, I'll die with you. He's like, I'm ride or die, you know. <laughs> and, and I could see him cutting the guy's ear off, and he, Jesus like, no, no more of this and he touches the man's ears and heals him up and then he said to the chief priests and the officers of the temple and the elders for them to come out that was a big deal they don't leave that place no not without an entourage they don't go for them to come after him like that they knew and so Jesus you know Jesus says, you know, you you don't understand why you come at me like this, like I'm some kind of thief. But they did. Man, it it is absolutely heartbreaking to try to ponder on this and to understand what truly was happening at this place. Because if if this is a site that Jesus had to be, I mean, there's, there's no other place he could have been. This is the holy oil that was being crushed out for us, just like his blood, just like his body. But this was a different one. I've never heard this taught in my life. I've never have. And a few days ago it just it clicked. Jesus was pressed to be the light of the world. He literally became the menorah for everyone to see. And he says, when you have that, you're going to be pressed as well. But don't be sad when you're pressed. Glorify heaven. Dance in the streets. These things are coming. Pressing is coming in your life. But as an olive, I am no good unless I am pressed. I do not have function. I do not have ability until I am pressed. Jesus did not enter his ministry until he endured the desert. If we avoid the desert all of our life, we will be absolutely useless. Useless. God wants to fill us with the oil of life. He wants us to walk in power. We cannot do that until we come to the conclusion, if Jesus was worthy of the desert, so are we. We do not abort it. We accept it. Jesus accepted the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew what it was about, and he still went there. And he said, Father, please take it from me. But if you don't, welcome. Welcome. I will do it. Do we have this mindset? Do we keep this mindset of no matter what comes our way, it is on. I will not waver. Crush me. Crush me and find pure oil, God. I will not move. I do not trust this world, but I do trust heaven. And that's the only thing that matters. No matter what goes on in this world it don't matter heaven is there the example Jesus sets is the very example that we must be committed to there is no other way there is no option people think we have options no to hell with the devil in their options that is not God's way if you want to see a dictatorship open the Bible He said, it is my way. I am the way, truth, and life. Nobody gets to him besides through me. Jesus says, I am the doorkeeper. Look into these things. See these things. See where I was. See what I've done. See what they mean. He said to the disciples, don't you get it? Don't you you see the 12 basket, the seven loaves? Don't you get the 12 fish? He said, these things. They mean something. It's our job to go find what they mean and grab it and take off with it and do not ever let it go. Never. If it costs us everything. Everything. Man, I'm telling you, wish y'all could have been with me yesterday (laughs) because man it was it was something was that okay tonight I hope it was good man I've put it down several times and just could not could not pick it back up (laughs) even though Jesus was you know, saying to me, he's like, "Hey, I know you love the Bible, but I'm the author of the Bible. Spend time with me," and I did. I, I had to stop and and check myself. And I, I can I can get very into it. I can study, and I, I I don't need God to study. I mean, of course, I need God for the revelation and in the, the knowledge and understanding. Of what's going on, but for me as a uh, as a person, I, I love I love knowledge. I love the understanding of what really goes on, and and that's just a gift that God has, has given me. I just have a drive for it, and um, so it was. It's been a it's, it's been a rough couple of days, and um, just for God showing me this, and the, press, the pressing that I, I went through myself, and just trying to to get what God wanted me to express in into this and and so, man, it it's it's been a it's been a, a fun couple of days. I can't I can't wait to see what God's up to starting the fast soon and and I'm so looking forward to it. I really am. I, I think God's gonna show up. Um and, and I, I don't mean show up in a Pentecostal way. I, I, I think he's gonna show up. I don't know it I expect it I expect Jesus to come in I get really worried when I fast I, I get almost scared in a way um, because I, I know he blesses those who seek him and those are blessed when you seek him with everything you have he's gonna show up and when he does he's coming as king And there's no better joy in my life than to find Jesus again and again and again. And it's what keeps me coming back. It's like a good golf shot. (laughs) You know, you could play 17 holes of bad golf, but if you have one round that's just beautiful, it's like, I'm coming back tomorrow, you know? Uh, But with God, it's just uh, a gazillion times better uh, because he's the king of the universe. And um, I wanted to show you this book. We just got it in the mail. yesterday. Um, Laura is her name. It's called Tasting Blue. And um, we um, had some the privilege of, of spending some time with her um, and, and, and hearing her story and and how God just I mean woke her up one night and just started just unloading uh, poems in her and just just um, I mean, just filling her cup up. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. And and I was reading, trying to read this last night, one of the first poem that was in there, and I literally was, was reading the poem and just threw it up in the window and just broke. I didn't make it through, my, what do you call it, stanza or whatever they're called. I'm not an English guy. I'm not, I'm good, I, I'm horrible at English. I mean, uh, I, arti- I articulate English words like a three-year-old my son does better than I do I think um, I wanted to read a little bit of this and um, because it was just so moving and and if you, it's, this is on this is on Amazon as well what I want to read, as far as i can and if i break down i may just just stop right there um and i'm not a good reader but i'm gonna do the best i can um i didn't know i was an orphan it's a state of mind it's a state of mind that's set when you live inside the you do you it's a mindset that you get i don't know that The you do you was an orphan orphanage at all until the day I was adopted and Jehovah came to call. Dear friend, he said, it's time to go. I've come to set you free from a life inside this orphanage. Come home for life with me. He had white hair and darkest skin, darker than a tan. In my head, I thought. Him, quite a funny looking man his looks it's true were different to anyone I've ever seen but I felt that he was kind the kind who'd never be mean he was the first I'd ever met of this particular sort I've written down this antidote in this form of a report let me pack my things I said and And went to grab a change of clothes. There's no need, he said. I've brought along your new adoption robe. So I'm going to stop right there because that's as far as I can get. But just thinking about that, Jesus has gone to a prayer place. He said, if it wasn't true, it wouldn't tell you. He said, no need to pack things, no things to get ready. He said, I got it all. He said, I am the way, and we don't need nothing else. In this book, and I haven't got far into it, we just got it yesterday. But it's called Tasting Blue by Laura Francis, and, and she is an amazing. Um, her story, and uh, I hope you can read it farther than I can. I may have my wife read it to me later, and, and so I can try to get through it. I, I literally may just be weeping in the floor, but I'm glad. I'm happy that God made me this way. It's the only time I cry. My wife's like, you ain't got no emotions. (laughs) I'm like, well, just take me to church, all right? (laughs) And they all come out there. I don't know why. Maybe I just save them up for a special place or something. I don't know. Um, But, man, um, we have a good God that has went through so much for us. We really do. More than we know yet. God is still bringing revelation after revelation and I pray that he still does because it's going to be a dangerous time when he stops maybe he'll come back maybe not in our lifetime I'm not sure I look for him but my oil is my oil is filled my lamp is ready I can see that press the oil make sure you got enough Pressings come in life, but they only make us better. And so, man, bless y'all tonight. I hope I, hope I didn't cry too much. <laughs> and it's it's tough getting through this stuff. And But uh, whew, I think that's it, Jazz. Thank you.